0: Hello everyone and welcome to another recap race analysis here of the Tour de France Stage 1, the first one of our 21, if you will. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Mr. Carrigo himself, Ewan Wilson, and Stage 1 was the Grand Depart in Bilbao. And Ewan, what exactly happened on the stage today?
1: Well, the stage opens up with a small breakaway going up the road of just five riders. They weren't quite of notes though, because they didn't stay out for long enough. With 50 kilometers to go, they were all swept up. This meant that the race was anarchical, chaotic almost for the final 50 kilometers as we approach the finishing climbs in a very sort of milano sanremo style profile. On the steep Category 2 de vivero climb, it was Jumbo-Visma and UAE who were really, really pushing on, sending Miguel Bian to the front of the peloton to really up the ante. Nielsen Paulus sprinted across the top of the climb to take the points and the polka dot jersey for tomorrow's stage before we dived down into the valley. Two victims of that descent, however, were Enric Mass and Richard Carapaz. Enric Mass has already abandoned and Richard Carapaz, as of the time of recording, has just passed over the line. We wait to see if he continues in the race overnight, given that he cut his knee quite deeply in that crash. Nevertheless, the show must go on. And as we get onto the Cote de Pique, the very, very steep finale climb, Felix Goucheon attacks up the road, UAE is sort of letting every other team chase on, but before we know it, everything comes back together, and it's UAE with Adam Yates, Tadej Pogacar, who have a small gap with Jonas Vengo and... Lyonnais finest, Victor Lathay and Toe; those four go over the top of the climb together whilst Yumba Visma are frantically trying to chase behind. Once everything comes back together, there's a lot of looking around, and the Yates twins go up the road. Yes, the twins, both of them, Simon and Adam Yates, who attack away on the descent of the climb, work very well together. They extend their gap to 20 seconds by the foot of the final sort of kilometer-long climb into Bilbao. On that climb, it was between Adam and Simon dueling it out between themselves. Adam got a small gap towards the end and continued to extend that gap all the way to the line with a four-second advantage over brother Simon to take his first ever Tour de France stage win and to get the yellow jersey for the second time in his career after he held the yellow jersey in the 2020 Tour de France. Yes, that Tour de France, the COVID one won by Tadej Pogacar. Behind in the second group on the road, Tadej Pogacar actually won the sprint and posted up for the line as if he won the stage himself in that Slovenian champions jersey ahead of, wait for it, Thibaut Pinot. In fourth place on the stage and Michael Woods in fifth. This group came home with a number of the key favorites including Jai Hindley, Mikel Landa, Jonas Wienergaard, how could we forget, Matthias Gelmoser and David Godou. Day one Pogacar and still together with Pogacar getting an early four second advantage with the bonus seconds that he got in third place. UAE in the driving seat you could say in the yellow jersey already with one stage win to their name and you could say a pretty good stage for the United Kingdom now leading first and second in the GC classification.
0: Yeah, quite an incredible win. We haven't had two brothers finish one-two since the Schleck brothers. Well, yeah, Frank and and Andy. Yeah, the big question here, Adam Yates, we flagged him up so many times. A few people didn't agree with us that he was one of the key signings coming from Ineos to UAE and was definitely going to be pivotal in this year's Tour de France. He showed it on the first day. Did... Y- Younger Visma underestimate UAE Emirates today.
1: It definitely lo- looks like they might have. I think maybe UAE have been underestimated in, in throughout the course of this season. Adam Yates second place at Dauphiné. He beat most of the the favourites there, and even today, realizing they have so many cards to play, Miguel biel really drilling into it. We also saw even Machete Trentin really guiding Pogac to the front of the peloton with ease. Leon in the stage, Golschautner attacking instead of teasing everybody else, thinking that he he was going to go ahead. Uh, and get the stage win but i mean uae currently have the upper hand it's a team with a strong basket identity in terms of the, a lot of their staff and they're quite tied to this part of the world adam yates himself as well um his sort of career blew up here in the in the Basque country a couple a couple of years ago at the classic san sebastian so i mean UE you, you definitely have the upper hand right now. Yumbo Visma sort of went into default and at the end you couldn't tell if they were working for Van Art to get the stage win or if they were trying to protect Jonas. Didn't quite know there. I just think Jumbo let themselves get outplayed a little bit and they were almost toyed with uh, by Yumbo Visma, which often it's it's the other way around where we see Yumbo Visma uh, toying with other teams, but this Tour de France, we said in our all of our build-up coverage that UAE have learned a lesson and they're looking really good. They have a really, really deep start list and deep roster this year. And I think we just saw evidence of that here on stage one.
0: Yeah, uh, that is so true. We saw uh, Vingo and Pogacar try and get up the road as well, but Vingo obviously didn't want to work with him. So the two front the two biggest favorites already there and I mean Pogaccio, what wrist injury? Exactly. I was very worried before today. I thought if
1: Jonas beats Pogaccio today, the Tour de France is finito. But Pogacha was um was up there looking good and he sprinted at the ends because he said that he's got three breakages in his in his wrist. Two have healed completely and one is healing, almost to be fully done by the end of the Tour de France. And there was a question of whether he has his full mobility or not. And he won that sprint behind with ease. And he even had the confidence to celebrate with his arms up in the air. I think he's back. And you hit looking very, very good. And this co-leadership thing with him and Adam Yates, maybe it's a bluff. But now one's in the yellow jersey, one sits in third place with a time bonus over Jonas. It's looking very good right now. And... I I think there was all signs that Pogac is back to his normal form.
0: Well, speaking of teams that are not having a great Tour de France, Carapaz and Enric Mask are both crashing on that descent, as you said. And where does this leave EF Education, EasyPost and Movistar? Carapaz didn't look comfortable
1: at all grimacing on the bike. He's probably running high on adrenaline and overnight that's just going to get worse. I am not positive about his Tour de France. I... I I'm sceptical of whether he stays in for a couple of days, to be honest, let alone winning a stage um, or being up there in GC. I mean, he lost 15 minutes or so, so GC's out the window. Uh, Mass out the race as well, but for EF, powerless lost time. Uh, who else does he have here? Chavez looked decent. Where was Uran? I think it's I think it's about winning stages. Paulus is now in polka dots. He could try to extend that gap tomorrow. And I think he could definitely win a stage. Maybe try to contend for that jersey overall as well. I think this team really have to just readjust where they are.
0: But nevertheless, in terms of other teams, Ineos Grenadiers, did you think did we get any answers of who's who they're kind of riding for? It was oh yeah.
1: Carlos Rodriguez was their best-placed rider in the day. He was in that group with Pogacar and Wienergaard. So you've got to say, Rodriguez probably the best-looking out of all of them. Bernal lost time today. Danny Martinez lost time. So early indications would say Carlos Rodriguez is your man for Ineos. But is he capable of getting a podium? I don't quite think so.
0: Obviously, I have to bring up the Danish corner as well. Well, not just Wienergaard, but Matthias Skellmoov to Jensen looking very good up there as well he's 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 quite a I don't know quite a direct character he there's not a a lot of emotion when he gives an interview and he's very clinical about looking at racing so uh yeah it definitely looks like Trek Segafredo with Maspilielsen going out the back when we were a bit shocked about that do you think maybe Skelemosu can be up here Teasing a top 10, top 5 or something.
1: Yeah, I, I think it could be. Once we get into the high mountains, it will be another question. But on these hillier stages, they're more Skelmers' territory. He's looking very good. This season, he's been riding really well in France anyway. And you've you got to say there was evidence today to believe that he is one of the top punchers in this race. Once we get into the high mountains, we will find out. Interestingly, Chikane lost some time. He was in that second group of favourites. That lost 20 seconds on Pogatra and Vingagor. So Chikana not looking as good as some people might hope. So Skenemozin might end up being Little Trek's leader.
0: We had some of the lower top 10 contenders potentially as well. Torsten Train crashing and Atleti Lutsenko getting dropped out the back. That was a big surprise seeing Lutsenko, the Kazakh national champion, double champion, not being able to hold the pace here.
1: Yeah, that's one of the big surprises of the day, to be honest. Lutsenko... Early on as well, not too far, up, not too long after we saw the likes of Cavendish and Fabio Jakobsen, so forth getting dropped, we saw Lutsenko. I think that's a it's not a great sign of what's to come. As in like Kazakhstan, maybe you have to look towards different things. Uh, Lutsenko finished in top 10 in the previous two tours to France. That's not going to be three in a row, I don't think, unless he goes in a magical breakaway. But uh, maybe snakes and ladders, GC, Allah. Guillaume-Martin kind of style later on into the
0: race. I was thinking, what, what was the final thing we were going to talk about? But uh, we glossed over it with Ineos Grandes. Groupama fdj Thibaut Pino in fourth place here. And that is insane when you think about it.
1: I don't think anybody saw that one coming. I think Godou and Madoise was were on more people's radars. Uh, good to see Godou there after... All of the slander he got after the Dauphiné. And Pino. I mean, fourth place. He's always been a good uphill sprinter. Let's not forget Tiba Pino. He's good at this kind of terrain, but this is 2023 Pino. It's like that Giro has brought something out of him, and he's a guy who loves to ride on emotion and ride on feel. He's a vibes kind of rider. And I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself.
0: Oh, Bernardino, record getting broken. Oh, not record. No, burden. I don't, I don't no, think he no. has no. an end M- to beat mango. but
1: that third place is very open right now. And in English
0: again? I think it was, uh, as expected, a uh, really uh, tough final. Uh, I suffer a bit with the, with the heat today and cooling down between the times and uh, yeah. It's not uh, the way we expected, it, but it's only day one, and we will uh, build from this. That's it for our first recap race analysis here on this, well, of the Tour de France 2023. We're also available on the podcast as well, which is pretty much on every single platform, and we will be back tomorrow for the live streams as well, and also the stage preview here on the Second Day next Extra channel, so look out for that. But that's basically it for us. Thank you very much for watching, and we will see you tomorrow.